This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, my name is Daryl and you're tuned in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Badminton in Malaysia is once again caught in a controversy which by now shouldn't be a surprise to most. The catalyst for drama this time around was when BAM recently made it compulsory for professional players to wear attire that reflected the name of the national body sponsor while training at ABM. Professional player Lee Zijia and his new head coach Won Tak Ming then took to social media accusing the association of bullying professional players. An action which in turn provoked a response from many badminton industry heads including the likes of Datuk Lee Chong Wei as well as Datuk Sri Jalani Sidek. Joining us to dissect this controversy is our badminton correspondents Nicholas Arneil and Fabian Mark-Peter. To me, rules are placed so that there is structure in any organization. Rules are always meant to be followed, right? Because if rules are not followed, then there's going to be discrepancies. There's going to be um, disturbance to the system. And, you know, it sort of sets precedent of what's to come. So in the case of Zija versus BAM, BAM clearly have a rule mm. on attire, especially when it involves sponsor. So the rule is that they are flexible when it comes to a sponsor to an athlete's accessory, meaning their racket and their shoes, right? The reason why they're flexible with that is because athletes are already accustomed to a particular racket, a particular shoe, and they're comfortable with that. Yeah. And they should be allowed to, to uh, train with those accessories. Mm. But when it comes to apparels, they're slightly harder on that rule in the sense that when you step into BM's building, you cannot don another sponsor's attire. Mm. I think this reflects in any sort of organization across the world. Um, and so this rule has been set for quite some time. Ever since, you know, there, there has been an ever-growing number of professional players and ever since BM had opened its doors for, for professional players to come and train uh, at the uh, Academy Badminton Malaysia. And it, it was never an issue until... No. Uh, recently. Mm. So the question is why it has become an issue, number one. And secondly, why has this issue been put out on social media rather than going straight to the uh, national body and speaking to them in private? Because mm. Wong Tat Ming, Zijia's coach, is very familiar with everybody in uh, BAM. You know, he was, of course, uh, also a coach there. Mm. So public and sort of castigate the national body, I don't think it's right. Because, again, I go back to my point of having rules. If one person tries to bend the rules, then is the national body going to, you know, allow that be a precedent? After yeah. all, they are opening their doors to you. When you go to somebody's house, you abide by the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems, seems like a, on the surface, very petty situation, Fabian. But Chong Wei, you know, had some words to say to Zijia. Uh, said he was intentionally creating an issue. If, you know, some even harsher words, he called him selfish. Um, Fabian, how do you think this reaction to this whole situation has divided the badminton community? Like what, what Nicholas just said, I think it's very important to first identify what really happened. You see, because, you know, in this day and age, um, it's anybody's game. Anybody can go out there and say what they want on social media. Mm. See, I feel like there has been some sort of, um, not really miscommunication, but somewhere along the line, uh, some things have gotten lost in translation, I would think. Um, first of all, we need to understand uh, how things work 
in an organization, as uh, Nicholas has very rightfully put, when it comes to sponsors, right? I don't think it was something that BAM plucked out from thin air. It was something that had already been there all this while, okay? It's very simple. And BAM did not say that you need to wear their sponsors' attire. There's no they competitors. Made, they, just, they just made it very clear that if you are going to be training there, you cannot wear an attire that's going to display a conflicting sponsor mm. logo. Mm. Okay, so if you're going to wear something from your sponsor, but it does not display the logo clearly, then by all means, it's fine. Okay, I think what happened is maybe, just to be fair to the professional players who got caught off guard, is perhaps when BAM had opened the invitation to them in the first place, they probably should have made it very clear. Maybe everyone overlooked this. Right. And of course, I think what could have happened or would have happened is that the sponsors probably saw something and said, hey, this shouldn't be happening. Because I can understand it coming from a sponsor's point of view. You have the media going into ABM at least twice a week, yeah. you know, to shoot their footage, to get their interviews. And if another sponsor is getting free publicity, okay, riding on the existing main sponsor, mm, mm. I'm quite sure they wouldn't be happy. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. You, you know, you know, and easy for people to come up and say, oh, how come this is not the case in Indonesia? How come this is not the case in Japan? You see, when you're talking about sponsors, right, the deal, there is a deal in place, you see. There are fine prints that we are not privy to, yep. right? And and you need to understand what is in the contract in the first place. So these contracts are put there for a period of time. So for example, let's just say you're next. Um, now they've got a sponsorship deal with BAM for let's say the next four years or, or, or five years or whatever. Hmm. Now, you can't simply go in there and now say, hey, I want to change the, the clause in the contract and I want to do something like what Indonesia is doing. No, this is a process that will, you know, lots of discussion needs to happen and, and, and perhaps you can become like Indonesia maybe in the next five years if there is proper discussion with like the sponsors and, and all the other stakeholders. Now, mm. see, what happens in, in Indonesia, for example, is yes, the National Association has their own sponsor but they also put their top players out for auction for other brands to come in and sponsor them. Oh, okay. Right? Mm. Now, that does not happen in BAM. BAM have got their main sponsors mm. and that's it. And then, of course, you have your professional players outside yeah. who are signed onto their respective contracts, uh, I mean, uh, sponsors. Now, I understand why Chongwei came up very, came up very strongly uh, in this case. He was unhappy because fans were comparing him to Zijia. Okay. It's two very different cases here now. Because when Chongwei was still part of BAM, he was using Yonex all the while until the end of his career. But that was because Chongwei had a personal sponsorship deal with Yonex. And while he was still in the national team, BAM switched sponsors, right? They moved to Victor. Mm -hmm. But Chongwei was still part of the national team, right? So, of course, there were other discussions that took place there and it was agreed upon that Chongwei will still remain in the national team, but he has got his own personal sponsor. Next. Now, in Zijia's case, when Zijia was still part of BAM, he didn't have a personal sponsor. In fact, 
none of the BM players right now have got their own personal sponsor outside of your next. Mm. Right? So for him to come in and to now make this an issue, I think uh, it's not petty, but it shouldn't be an issue in the first place. And I think what Nicholas said was right. This was something, I mean, of course, if they were unhappy or if they were unsure why this was happening, then they could have just gone directly straight to BAM. Yeah, instead of airing it BAM, out. Instead mm. of, of, of going to social media, you see? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then just creating this whole uh, so-called drama and then for Chongwei to come out and say something. And then now, you know, all this hate comments going towards... Chongwei, what's happening? Yeah, it's really it's an issue and an incident that really divided the badminton nation, the badminton community. But Nick, among the people that chimed in was also Datuk Sri Jalini Siddiq, uh, who said that Lizija should you know take a long hard look at himself, you know, and be grateful for the opportunity provided by BM to provide um, a training space for these professional players, and he dubbed it a special privilege. Obviously, three of us here are not. Pre, so much privy to what happens behind the scenes but do you think that's a fair criticism to make? Yeah, I think it is because Jalani was obviously a former national player. He knows uh, what it's like to be in the national setup mm. and you know, if you are a BAM player then the the rule I, I feel is very simple. You abide by the rules. If you don't, then feel free to seek opportunities elsewhere. elsewhere. Mm. So now, for me, I feel this is a case of some unresolved issues between Team Lizija and BAM because this is not the first time that they've had disputes. Yep. We all remember what happened last year when Lizija chose to leave and then he was, um, eventually he left, but there was still a very bitter taste in both parties' mouths, right? And so, so now this seems to have transpired into uh, the sequel of that. Yeah. And so it doesn't seem like it's going to end because this issue has not been resolved. It just sort of died off like that because the World Championships was already taking place and everybody went about their business. But what's going to happen with the upcoming team events? Because BAM are once again going to open the door for professional players to come and train as part of the national contingent, right? We've got the Asian Games coming up next month. Next year, we have the Olympic Games. Is this going to be an issue moving forward? Yeah. Some, one, one party has got to relent and... The only way I see it is for one particular party to relent because it's one man or rather one team against one organization. Yeah, yeah. And the organization is the home. So it's a no-brainer if you ask me. Mm. Fabian, are you in agreement with Nick? You know, you've been covering the Zija uh, versus BM story for a while now. Did you get any like warning signs or inclinations that the situation might escalate to something like this? I don't think the situation is going to escalate. I think it's a very simple, straightforward issue that we have right now. Once again, it's very, very important for these professional players to go back and to understand their sponsorship deal very well mm. and to see what works. Uh, because I think the issue that came about with this particular case was that the timing of when all this happened, it was just before the World Championships, right? Now, I think VM has made it very clear um, that this is not supposed to be, or it wasn't even an issue when it comes to team events. It was because the World Championships was an individual event, right? And uh, so VM have made it very clear. Their doors are always open to professional players coming in and training. And uh, so, like what Chongwei also mentioned, is that if there is an issue, if you know, you can't seem to get that green light from your personal sponsor. Mm. 
to come and train, then I guess the you can put you can put the matter to bed. That means you're not going to come back to BAM and train. You can still train outside. Hmm. It's just that if you're going to come into BAM, you can't put the blame on BAM because there's a bigger power that's at play here, which is the main sponsors. Hmm. You know, BAM have got no say because they are signed to their sponsors. And if these are the requirements from the sponsor, you got to follow up. That was Fabian, Mark, Peter and Nicholas Anil as together we've been exploring the recent drama between DZGIA and BAM. Coming up in part two, we leave the controversy behind and review last weekend's World Championships in Denmark. Stay tuned, my name's Daryl and this is Paanan, only on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, my name's Daryl and you're tuned in to Paanan, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. This week, we are focusing on a badminton and last weekend saw a 22-member strong Malaysian team gunning for a win at the World Championships in Copenhagen. However, only one medal came home as top men's pair Aaron Chia and So Wo Yik failed to retain their World Championship crown and fell in the semi-finals to take home bronze. We're continuing our conversation by talking about their run and joining me on the program is Fabian Mark Peter as well as Nicholas Anin. I think they were pretty good uh, right up till the end of that first game, uh, Aaron and Wu Yik. We saw how they did really well to beat uh, the Chinese pair in the quarterfinals. I think they hadn't beaten that pair in so many meetings. Um, and, you know, I really thought that they had the edge against the Koreans. Um, and they did right up till the end of the first game where they led 1916, mm. if I'm not mistaken. And then it all sort of went south, uh, you know. They ended up conceding that game, and the second game was just a no contest. You know, it's really un- it was really sort of unfortunate and sad to see the Malaysians just lose their focus, and they allowed the game to slip away from them just so fast. You know, it was over before we even knew it, and mm-hmm. here we were thinking that you know the Malaysians were going to try and mount a comeback and try and drag it to a decider, mm-hmm. and then let's see what happens. But again, you know, it all goes back to that mental capacity of our national shuttlers, right? A day before, we saw how early Antina blew it in the quarterfinals. You know, they won the first game. They held a rather healthy lead in the second game. Yeah. You know, contrived to lose that game. And then in the third set, uh, it was slim margins, but they eventually lost. Uh, and it was the same case against Erencia and Sohoi. This is still a good achievement nonetheless. But I thought, you know, this was their chance to actually stake a claim for themselves and say, you know, look, while we have not delivered a title on the world tour just yet, we can still, you know, make it to the final of the world championships or even be defending champions or, uh, sorry, uh, champions for the second time, consecutive mm. time. Mm. Again, I, I felt it was a wasted opportunity for us to just come back with uh, one medal, bronze being at that. Uh, because, you know, you qualify for the semifinals, you automatically get a bronze. Yeah. So... Uh, in my in my view, it was an underwhelming campaign, especially if it compares to some of the other countries, you know, uh, that that really went out there and deliver. I'm sure we'll get to it, but Kunlawut, man, what a yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll definitely talk Thailand a little bit later. But uh, Fabian, the only uh, the only medal we're taking back home. Yeah, uh, I have to agree with Nicholas. I think um, it's uh, you know, yeah, you 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 go online and you see the fans saying things like, "Oh, why." Uh, I'd be giving the same sort of um, appreciation or celebration for 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 Aaron and Wick 
for coming back with a bronze. You know, it's not easy to win a bronze. And yes, I do agree. It is not easy to win a medal at the World Championships. Like Chongwei very rightfully said, uh, the World Championships is very different from a World Tour event because you're playing six rounds. Yeah. You know, compared to the World Tour where you play five rounds, it's a draw of 32, but this is 64, you see? Yep. So, and uh, it's very unfortunate because um, Aaron and Wick, um in the first game against the South Koreans, they were leading. You know, you had that lead. And okay, fine. You lost that lead. You lost that first game. But you see in many other matches where the players or the pairs come back, they win the second game and then they drag it to the decider. I just felt like that should have been the case with Aaron and we instead of them coming out and saying, you know, we, 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 we lost our concentration and we lost it after the first game. Mm. You know, so where is the fight in that? I guess we want to see that fight. Yeah, um, yeah. And not only that, you see, because when, when you look at their lead in the, in the first game, I really thought, man, they were going to do it. I really thought they were going to go into the final and had a very, very good chance going up against the Danish pair. And if they had gone all the way to the final and won it, that is history by itself. Mm, double, because yep. of the World Championships, I think there are only two other pairs who have successfully retained the uh, the title. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of them being Lee Yongbo and his partner. Um, and after that, I think it was Fu uh, Aifeng and and and, and Yun who who also did it, and they won it like I think three years in a row. Nevertheless, you know, Aaron and Wick have proven that they are one of the best pairs in the world mm. when it comes to major events. Yeah. You know, three years in a row, they won the Olympic bronze, they won the World Championship title, and again, no they won another medal at the World Championships. Yeah. Um, but going back to what Nicholas said again, you know, that, that, that determination, that fighting spirit, or that mentality uh, of our national players, you know, uh, I think this is something we really need to look hard at you know, just looking at, at at the winners at this year's World Championship, you know, it's a huge surprise that China only managed to win one title and then you had South Korea coming and winning three titles. Mm. And what a beast, man, you know, uh, to win, um, to do the doubles double at mm. the World Championship. Uh, fantastic, I think. Um, we move on to the men's singles now. Nick, you know, Lee Zijia knocked out in the third round. He was unseeded this tournament, 11th in the world. Uh, the wait for the men's singles world champion continues, Nick. Yeah, indeed. Uh, to be honest, I, I really wasn't pining my, my hopes uh, on our representation this time. Um, Zijia, because I, I didn't think that, you know, he would absolutely be focused uh, going into the world champs after what had happened, happened mm -hmm. uh, the feud with BGM. But it turns out that it, it wasn't really the case of him being focused. It was, um, I think, just Anders Anderson, which he uh, lost to, being the better player on that day. I thought Zija played well uh, right up till the third round. But Anders Anderson, for me, uh, he has been battling a lot of injuries. But when he's good, he's really good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's, he was playing in an arena that's just a couple of minutes away from his house. And so he had the full backing of his uh, of of the home crowd, and you know he was really on fire. Mm. And so I think it was mm. deserved victory uh, for An for Anders Anderson. It was more of him being good rather than uh, Zija losing focus or anything like that. Yeah. But again, if we go back to where do we stand among the best third round? So what do we say about third round? Right, we're still far far behind. And if you look at 
our neighbors Thailand Kunlawut you know he's only 22 years old yeah and he's already a world champion yeah what a beast last year he made the final lost to Axelsen and this year he atoned for that he's now the new world champion and it says so much about a player like Kunlawut right he has the whole package he's a professional a consummate professional he's polite he's hard working he's diligent and i think most importantly he's absolutely consistent and mm. you know well well deserved to him for putting thailand in the history books for becoming their first ever men's singles champion yeah kudos to thailand for sure um back to zija fabian uh, observers has said that you know his improvement uh, at this tournament is noticeable playing with more confidence as compared to previous outings um would you attribute this to his new head coach won tak ming who has been there for about a month i think Yeah yeah definitely I think uh you can clearly see um Zijia playing a very different uh game uh, these days or at least at the world championships uh in fact this was noticeable at the previous Australian Open mm. um you know if before this Zijia relied a lot on uh power and his aggressive style of play you see him now being able to take any sort of shots you know he's a bit more calm he's a bit more composed uh on court uh he's brave enough to play longer rallies right and i think uh uh tatming has it right tatming knows what he's doing uh he still probably needs some time to polish uh vijay's game mm. um but of course if we are to compare uh where we stand right now with some of the best in the world i think we still have a long way to go yeah. um you know i spoke to chongwei recently about the world championships and you know got him to comment on 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 the men singles event and he said something very interesting uh it's no longer about skills you know today's game is no longer about skills alone it's about fitness and having that 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 mad amount of fitness when you're playing again going back to the whole draw of 64 having to play six matches and mm-hmm. the final was unbelievable because two players both 22 you know uh playing in a final after having played five rounds earlier right and to drag the match to close to two hours yeah. and 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 you know for kunlawut to come out of it mad seriously i think uh at the moment i don't think any of our malaysians can come close to that yet yeah yeah and you're scoping out a bit i think the men singles in particular is pretty much an open field right especially yeah. leading up to olympics leading up to you know the major tournaments and uh, nick the other men singles and ziyong showed some positive signs in copenhagen uh, however the odds were stacked against him you know like fabian was saying round of 64 and all just matched up against overpowered uh, opponents um do you think with the right care and treatment could you see him overtaking zija as number one? yeah i think if he, if he maintains the same desire he continues to work hard in training and he continues to build his skill set because i look at him as a player that is growing he's not he's far from the complete article he's far from the finished article mm. but for me ziyong is somewhat reminiscent to how uh, chongwei plays you know just in terms of his movement he's so fluid you know he can transition from uh, defense to attack uh, in Three, four seconds, you know, and he's got also he's now developing a variety of shots, 
You know, he can go cross court, he can go down the line. Uh, his net play is good. His overall co- coverage is excellent. And what I saw in the second game against Anders Anderson, some of the smashes, especially in the first few points, yeah. man, I thought I saw sparks flying off the, the shadow court. <laughs> it was really, really powerful. So yeah. this is all a work in press, uh, Ziyong. And I think what works in his advantage is the fact that he's now the leading uh, national uh, men's singles shuttler in the national body. Yep. So Henrawan is almost exclusively working with him uh, and that gives him a lot of attention, right? So he's being paid a lot of attention to refine his game. Mm. So give him a couple of months. He's already scalped a few big names, you know. Axelson has bowed down to him uh, in straight games not too long ago. Chao Tianchen as well. Mm. And Zhao Junping, in fact, in the first first round of the world champs. So he's already claimed a few big names. He's got the confidence in him. Uh, I think he, in a couple of months, if he just maintains this work ethic, we could we could see him really rise, not only into the top 20, but also breaking into the top 10. Mm, great stuff from Enzi Young. Uh, on to Perlitan, Mtinia now, Fabian. Um, they managed to reach the quarterfinals. Uh, they faced the sixth seed, the sixth seed Chinese pair. Um it was a heartbreaking match. They left the match in tears, even post-interview and all. It's a painful defeat for sure, but a solid showing from the duo, especially in the lead-up to you know Olympic qualifiers. Definitely. Uh, I think when we're talking about our women's doubles, we're talking about marginal difference only uh, right now. And uh, the thing that re- they, I guess uh, what their coach also said, I mean, Rexy said, you know, it, it, it goes down to their mentality. At this point of time, I think players like... Um, Politina, Zijia, Ziyong, or even our mixed doubles pair is how they are managing their mental state when it goes to, when it comes to playing uh, some of these uh, pairs or even players that they have lost so many times to. Mm. You see, it, 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 it creeps into them. Um, so for you to, to squander a, a six or seven point lead um, is. It's not just painful for the fans, but I guess it also eats into them because the same thing happened to them at the Australian Open mm. and now it has happened at the World Championships. Mm. So what is going to happen when they face the same pair again in another tournament after this? You know, and 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 and, and some of these top players have always said that when you keep losing to the same opponents, right, it really uh, affects... Your, your confidence and, 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 and how you approach the match. So it's high time we, we need to get those breakthroughs uh, because that will make the difference in our build-up to the next, uh, I mean, to the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. I think it's very crucial. Mm. Nick, you alluded to something about this match earlier, you know, and the inability and the drive to close out the games. Uh, they were leading 12-6, like Fabian said, in the second game before squandering that. Uh, we've seen in the past, this duo, this you know tenacious duo, their ability to remain composed, calm, under pressure. Um, what do you think have contributed to the difficulty this time around? I think it's just the uh, the magnitude of the occasion, right? So, you're playing in a World Championships quarterfinals, mm, right? Mm. One more step, you, you get through and you, you're guaranteed a medal, right? You Regardless of how you finish in the, in the semifinals, you're guaranteed a medal. And so, I think the desire to get to the semifinals sort of overweight the composure, their composure. Because at the end of the match, you can see that they broke down in tears, but... If you watch the post-match interview, they were clearly so upset with themselves. You know, we were so disappointed with ourselves because we kept making the same simple mistakes. 
that was their words mm. so it 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 spoke volumes of their their ability to remain cool at that time to just try and you know be consistent play the consistent shots not rush any shots not be overly risky in your decision making i think these simple facts these crucial uh, points while it's it's small uh, in 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 thinking right it's absolutely huge in execution and i think that was the key difference the chinese pair just hung in there i was watching that match and perli and tina could have easily won it they could have cruised to the uh, second match mm. but they did not they rushed their shots they made a lot of mistakes and in doing so allowed the chinese pair to you know just stay in contention so yeah. i like what perli said at the end of the interview you know this is a very very heartbreaking yet valuable lesson the only way that you will learn unfortunately sometimes is through heartbreaks like this but we have to hope that they would learn and that they would keep this in mind the next time they are in this situation because in badminton you're always in this do or die situation you know mm -hmm. and the next big occasion is the asian games yeah. and for them to make it to the quarter finals i don't think it's a big issue but what happens when you are in the semi finals or in the final for that matter mm. that's when your your big game mentality comes into play yeah yeah seems like the the urgency to close out the matches right almost got to them um on to our final uh, review uh, the women's singles now go jin wei again like a similar fate to Zee Young, you know, the luck of the draw had to face the informed South Korean world number one, An Si Young. Uh, in the second round, very early on, he lost. she lost 21-12, 21-14. Uh, Fabian, you wrote that even though she lost the match, she won her hearts of Malaysians. A scoreline then that didn't really reflect how she played, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess even before the start of it, of that match, right? It was a no match. Let's be very honest. Um, you know, um, given Ansiyang's current form, you know, I think with the World Championships now, she would have won eight titles from eleven final appearances or something like that. And Go Jinwei, ever since she underwent her colectomy surgery, has never been that same year. And you know, she never had that transition. Um, that players like Rachanok or even Kula has had since, you know, winning the World Junior Championships and then now making it at the senior level. Um, and let's be very honest, Go Jinwei may never be the same player that she was, um, you know, but I guess the expectation was that she was probably going to last a little longer. Um, you know, managed to speak to her coach, Noah, and he said, uh, of course, even before the start, um, it was, you know, it was totally a no match. Um, but what he had expected to see was probably, you know, Jinwei showing that sort of um, fight that she showed at the uh, Sudirman Cup, if I'm not mistaken, against uh, uh, Sindhu of uh, India. And, you know, if if she could have dragged Ansi Young to the third game, third that game. would have been incredible. Yeah, achievement. But yeah. still... He did say that, you know, he was impressed with the way that she played because it wasn't like she just threw in a towel. You see, she, she, she tried her best. Uh, it's just unfortunate that she had to face uh, Anse Young. And I think the same can be said to any player who plays Anse Young. Yep, I mean, yep. if you watch the final, <laughs> you know, she made easy work of Marine. Yeah. Uh, 
So, you know, it's crazy. I mean, it's going to be very exciting to see how these players fare at the uh, Asian Games. You know, the Asian Games is a mirror of the World Championships, I would say, because, you know, every title winner at the World Championships was an Asian and they are all going to be there at the Asian Games. Mm. So, you mm. know, it's probably bigger than the Olympics. Yeah, um, for badminton, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 the best of the best are going to be there and uh, hats off to Ansi Young, man. Seriously. Mm, mm, just, gonna... just a point to add to Anzi Young, right? I think her dominance just this year sort of supersedes what Axelson has mm, done yeah. uh, even even this year, <laughs> right? She has won like what? Nine or ten titles already. So she's absolutely trailblazing her way and uh, she will take some stopping. Yeah. <laughs> she's, yeah. a, she's still a girl. <laughs> she's, not, she's not fully, fully, you know, a, a I think achieved her true potential yet and that is the scary part. That is the scary part indeed. Many, many years ahead of her. Uh, let's end off now, guys, uh, with the uh, with the Asian Games. It's coming up end of next month. Uh, other than Ang Siyong winning the women's singles, what are your other expectations for this? Can Malaysia at least do something? Nick, we start off with you. That they always, uh, you know, try and deliver, try and get us a medal. But if we look at statistics, I think the last time we brought back a medal from the Asian Games was 2006 or 2007 oh. uh, when we won uh, in the men's doubles uh, at least gold at least a gold medal uh, in the men's doubles to uh, Kukin Kiat and Tan Bun Hyong of course the aim is to try and win gold like Fabian mentioned I think the Asian Games uh, this time is probably more competitive than the World Championships it's sort of also a redemption right for our shuttlers if they can go out and you know try and get on top of the podium then sort of the 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 disappointment of the World Championships would be forgotten instantly. Mm. Um, mm. As of now, we really have to be pragmatic with our expectations. But I think if there's anyone who can deliver us a medal, we will look again to Aaron Shah, Sobo Yik. Uh, we would perhaps, you know, maybe even um, look at Perli and Tina. Mm. Uh, these for me are our two brightest uh, prospects. Zija... Mm, perhaps but he needs to be on fire and on fire throughout from start to end mm. uh, then perhaps we have a chance uh, for a medal so yeah uh, this these three uh, representatives I would say uh, presents our biggest hopes but let's not get too carried away we have to look back at the performances of our contingent as a whole this year and we've only won titles in the lower tier events so far and, you know, if you're looking at the World Championships, that bronze medal. So let's be very uh, realistic with our expectations. And anything else that we get, for me, is a big bonus. <laughs> Fabian, yourself? Yeah, I think uh, I have to agree with you because, again, um, I would say winning goal would be a bonus. Hmm. Um, I guess the, 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 the hmm. main target would be to try and not come back home empty-handed. Hmm. I think the previous outing in uh, Indonesia was bad enough. It was probably one of their worst outings at the Asian Games. So, uh, I think the benchmark or the yardstick here would be for them to try and win the medal first. Um, yes, uh, I do feel that our best prospects at the moment um, are Erin Chia, Soik, as well as Perli and Tina. And uh, it will be great if the men's singles can up their game and at least, you know, show some sort of fight. Uh, but before the Asian Games, we have... Two other tournaments coming up China. and uh, most of these players are going to be playing at the China Open as well as the Hong Kong Open. I think it's important and crucial for them to also maintain that level of fitness and, 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 and trying to see how they could peak at the Asian Games. And 
most importantly not pick up any injuries mm. uh, you know because they still got to be traveling they still got to be training you know sometimes it gets overwhelming so it's important to pick and choose um, your tournaments and and see how you can actually peak at the Asian games that was Fabian, Mark, Peter and Nicholas Anil as this week on the programme. We've been reviewing the World Championships that happened last weekend, but also on the drama involving Lizzie and BAM. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's episode. If you'd like to revisit the story, you can head over to our website, www.pfm.my forward slash barnan. And if you'd like to get in touch with the programme, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. My name's Daryl and this has been Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week only here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.